Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. As Josh said, um, uh, I've got the pleasure of introducing uh, uh, a new series to you this morning. For those of you who uh, don't know me, my name's uh, Nathan. I'm uh, one of the worship uh, leaders here, uh, and I've got the privilege of speaking to you this morning. Uh, So I'm just going to dive straight into it. I'm just going to read from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 10, which should come up on the screen for you to read along to. It says, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then also uh, you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which has been renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Great. Just before I start, I just want to pray for us. Lord God, we thank you for uh, this moment, these moments we have together. God, we pray, Lord, just in these next 25 minutes or so, God, that you would speak into our hearts. God, I pray you'd speak to us afresh. God, that you'd challenge us on anything that needs challenging. And God, that you just uh, change us from the inside out today, God, that we'd leave from this place different again. Uh, God, that you just uh, give us a great time together. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Uh, so as I said, we've got a, um, a great new series that's going to be running over the next four weeks that we're really, really excited about. The series is called Stop It. It's called Stop It. Now, uh, you might think, you know, as, as English people, come on, you know, that, that sounds a little bit harsh, you know. You know, we don't always like to say something so, so strict like stop it to someone else. You know, we might say something like, you know, please, can you not do that? Or, you know, uh, try and be polite like could you do something else instead? Is that all right? You know, uh, you know, as English people, sometimes we don't like the word stop. Maybe we have a, a negative connotation towards it. But actually, if you think about it, in society, there's, there's a lot of uh, positive uses of the word stop. So if you go on, on, the, uh, on the road, you'll see a stop sign, which uh, is useful and it's helpful. If you get to traffic lights, uh, uh, you know, you'll get to a red light. And even though we don't like getting to red lights, it's helpful for us. You know, it tells us to stop. You know, it, it makes sure that we don't crash into another car coming the other way. You know, uh, another example is... Um, I don't know if, if you like to do this as well, but one of the things that I love to do on long journeys, if I'm driving somewhere far, is have a stop off. You know, have a break, like halfway in between, like go to uh, Starbucks, have a drink, you know, have a break. You know, it's, it's sometimes good to, to, to have that stop. And uh, even more recently, uh, me and Joanna and some of our family, we went to uh, on a cruise. And for those of you who've been on cruises, you know there is a lot. A lot of food on cruises. I'm going to be honest, you know, Joanna had to say to me, stop eating. She had to say, stop it, you know, because, you know, uh, there's just, uh, my eyes are just bigger than my belly, you know, seeing all these food and, and everything around. 
So actually, you know, stop it is, um, we see it as something positive because, you know, looking at these verses, what Paul was saying to the church in Colossae, saying, look, uh, you were living an old life. You were living in, in this life that you had before, but you came to God. You came to Christ and you started a new life. Yes. He's saying, you know what? Those things that you were doing in the past, they're, they're not part of your new life anymore. There's certain things that you've got to stop doing because it's not part of what God wants for your life. It's not the best that God has for you. And this is what he says in these verses. Um, in verse in verse 5, uh, it says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. He says it in verse 8 as well. But now you must also get rid of yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. So in a, in a similar sense, over these next few weeks, what we're going to be doing is looking at a few topics of uh, things that, that we need to stop in our lives. Uh, so we're going to look at uh, grumbling, criticising, procrastinating. Now, I don't want you to, to be offended at this point. You know, it's not like we've looked at Arena Church, Mansfield Field and thought, what, what do they need to stop? Yeah, they're, they're really grumbling, aren't they? Yeah, uh, they criticise everyone else. They're so lazy that they procrastinate. No, that, that's completely not the point. You know, um, if I'm being honest with myself, and I think if we're all being honest with ourselves, like though, some of those topics are, are things that we all struggle with or have struggled with at some point. You know, it's down to human nature that uh, we, you know, we like to, to grumble or, or to criticise or sometimes we can get moments where we procrastinate and, and not move forward. But this, you know, this list hasn't come from a place of condemnation of, look, you're terrible if you're doing these things. It's not a place of judgment, but the place that this is coming from is more of, come on, let's get rid of the things in our lives that stop us from achieving God's best. You see... You know, if, if there's anything in my life, I want to have the attitude that, you know, that says to God, you know what, if there's anything in my life that is stopping me from moving ahead and going forward, I want to get rid of it. You know, I want God's best for my life. I want to reach my purpose, the destiny that God has for me. And God, if there's something that you need to remove and tell me to stop doing in my life, then God, tell me, show it to me. That's the attitude that I want to have in my own life. And I just encourage you as we go over you know, these next few weeks, just have an open spirit and say, God, is there anything that you, you want to say to me? God, is there anything that I can do differently in my life? And I believe we're, as we do that with an open heart, that God will really speak to us and, and change us for the better from the inside out. Uh, so this morning, I've got the, the pleasure of uh, speaking on stop it and stop it blaming. Stop it, blaming. So I've got a little story about four different people I'm just going to read to you that I thought was uh, really useful. Uh, these four people are named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. So you're going to have to uh, keep up with me as I read this. It says, there's an important job to, to be done and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought that anybody could do it, but nobody realised that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. I just thought that summed up really well what, what it can be like in our lives with, with blame. 
And look, we can, we can be honest and, and say, you know what, in, in our society today, probably one of the things that we see in, in a lot of situations is that people like, the, like to shift the blame onto someone else. Yeah. You know, you, you might have heard that, that, that phrase or maybe you've even said it yourself. I know in the past I've said things like, you know what, if you only knew my situation or if you only knew what that person did to me or if only you knew how difficult it was for me in that situation, you'd understand why I did something wrong. And that's the sort of attitude that sometimes we can shift the blame onto other people. You know, as I, as I grew up and... Um, uh, as me and my brother, my brother's actually here this morning, as we uh, grew up, one of the things we loved to do was uh, to watch, uh, watch wrestling. Anyone uh, watch wrestling before? Not, not, no one's uh, admitting to it this morning. I feel a little bit embarrassed. Uh, but one of the things we love to do is, uh, is to watch wrestling. And, um, you know, as, as boys, what you could imagine is we'd watch the wrestling and you know, it would escalate because we would, you know, try to copy some of the wrestling moves and like before long, I'd end up crying or like hurt or something and, you know, our mum would be involved and the, the first thing I can always remember saying is to my mum is, well, he started it and she would always turn to me and say, well, I'm going to finish it. And I'd be like, oh, wow, wow. But it's just that attitude, you know, of, of whatever we're going, you know what, it's someone else's fault. It's not my fault. And we don't take the responsibility. So I was thinking, well, you know, when we talk about blame, what, what do we blame? What, what are the sorts of things that we blame on other people? And I believe the main things that we blame other people for is our sin and our situations. We blame other people for our sin and our situations. See, I've got a, a list of uh, eight things here that, um, that we blame people for, or just examples Number one, anger. You see, I wouldn't lose my temper if my co-workers were easier to get along with or if my kids behaved better or if my spouse was more considerate and thought about me. Number two, impatient. I I would be a a very patient person if it weren't for the traffic jams and long lines in the supermarket, if I didn't have so many things to do and if the people around me weren't so slow. (laughs) I would never become impatient. Number three, spiritual apathy. You see, my spiritual life would be so much more vibrant and I would struggle with sin less if my small group were just so much more encouraging and understanding. Or if kids' church was more engaging. Or if the music in the worship service wasn't so loud. Or if the sermons were better. (laughs) Or if Pastor Josh showed more care for me. Number four, critical spirit. It's not my fault that the people around me are ignorant and unexperienced. Number five, bitterness. If you knew what that person did to me, you would understand my bitterness. How could I forgive someone like that? Number six, gossip. It's the people around me who start the conversations. There's no way to avoid what others happen to say. And when others ask me questions, I can't avoid sharing what I know. I just can't help it. Number seven, self-pity. I'll never be happy because my marriage, family, job, ministry is so, so difficult. And number eight, lastly, I'll be so much more generous if we just had more money. Eight examples, probably excuses, maybe something that you're familiar with that you've maybe, if we're being honest, that we've said before in our lives or maybe we've heard other people say. And it's funny, you know, when we look in the Bible, we see so many examples of Characters of people who have shifted the blame 
You know, blame other people, not taking responsibility for, for what they've done. If we look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 11 to 13, uh, what we find uh, in these verses is, you know, God's created the earth. He's, um, he's made Adam and Eve and he said to them, basically, you can do whatever you want. You can eat from whatever tree you want, except for this one tree, uh, which is the knowledge of good and evil. And, that, and they say, that's fine. Um, and they go away. And what happens is, is a serpent comes to Eve and uh, deceives Eve and says, you know what? God was lying. Um, you know, you can take some fruit from this tree. So she takes it, eats it, and then passes it on to Adam who eats it as well. And in these verses, we just pick up from that situation where God is confronting uh, Adam and Eve. This is what it says. Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, well, the the snake deceived me and I ate. The first, isn't it so funny? The first example of man and woman, you know, the, 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 the first uh, book of the Bible, right at the beginning of the world, when something goes wrong straight away, what do they result to? Blaming someone else. You know, God addresses Adam and says, you know, what have you done? Straight away, he's like, well, the woman that you gave me, you know, it's like, you can like feel so much attitude in this verse. They're like, wow, do you know who you're speaking to, Adam? Like right in this moment. But, you know, it's funny because we sometimes do that as well. And he says, the woman that you placed here with me, you know, she gave me the fruit. It's almost like he had no control over what he did in that moment. It's like the, the fruit was forced into his mouth. Like he didn't have a choice to, to eat that fruit in that moment. It's almost what it comes across as. So Adam blames Eve and then God's like, well, okay. And then speaks to Eve and she says, well, the serpent deceived me and I ate the fruit. It's almost like Adam has blamed Eve and then Eve has blamed the serpent. And in that moment, I think it just shows the mistake we can make, you know, when, when there's a, a situation where maybe we've slipped up in something that instead of looking inwards and asking God, is there something I could have done better? That actually we say, you know what? It was someone else. It wasn't me. It was someone else. And I was thinking, well, well why, why, why do we do this? Because I, I think, you know, for being open and honest, we've all done this at some point. You know, when we've come to a situation where we've, we know we've messed up, we can often, instead of looking inwards, we can look outwards. I was thinking, well, why do we blame other people for our sins and our situation? Well, this is a few uh, reasons that I came up with. Uh, firstly, I think we blame other people because we are insecure, because we're insecure. So, you know, when a, a, a time comes when, you know, sometimes when we've, we've messed up and done something wrong, often we can have it in our minds, maybe it's co- consciously or subconsciously, that we think, oh no, what have I done? God's not going to love me anymore. You know, God's going to judge me. He's going to hate me. I'm going to be in so much trouble that, you know, rather than admit to it, because we feel that we're in trouble, we just blame it on other people. But actually, if we look throughout the Bible... It's completely opposite. In Romans 8, verses 38 to 39, it says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else, nor creation, 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, the thing is, we all make mistakes. Look, you don't need to look at the people, the leaders here of the church and think, you know, they've got it all together because it's, it's so not true. And the thing is, when we do make mistakes, God is, is waiting there with open arms straight away to say what, you know what? It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. It doesn't matter if you've, if you've messed up. I still love you. You see, there's nothing you could do uh, that is going to make, you, uh, make God love you more or less. He loves you unconditionally, which means it, it doesn't matter what you do. It's not based on a condition of, of uh, uh, never making a mistake. But actually, God says, you know what? Whatever happens, I still love you. So when we make a mistake, we don't have to think, oh, no, uh, God's going to be angry with me. But actually, we can go to God, our loving Father, and say, God, you know what? I'm sorry for what I've done. And I know that you still love me, but I need to get better. I need to change. So that's the first one. Also, I believe we blame others because we are prideful. So, you know, uh, on one hand, you might have uh, someone who might feel insecure. But on the other side, you might have someone who feels prideful. You know, when someone comes up to, uh, to you and says, well, I think you've made a mistake here. It's like, no, no, I've, I never make mistakes. You know, I know what I'm doing. You know, I, I, it's not possible for me to make a mistake. I, I'm an expert in this. No, I, I could never have made a mistake. You know, if, if we're not careful, you know, we can fall into this trap where we think we've got it all together. When actually, you know, in a situation, I think in any situation, We've got to have that attitude of, you know what, God, let me just step back for a minute. Is there something I could have done better? Is there something I could have changed? Is there uh, something I could have said a bit better or done a bit better? This is what it says in Proverbs 13, verse 10. It says, where there's strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. You know, it's so important that um, even if we feel that we've not done anything wrong, that we just take a step back and ask God, God, is there something I could have done better? God, is there, is there a way that you can help me to, uh, to move on from this? Or God, is there something that I've not seen here? Because often we can dismiss things straight away. And as this verse says, you know, it's so important to take advice on from other people. I'd, in, I'd encourage you, you know, make sure you've got people around you who can speak to you open and honestly. You know, I'm so thankful to have people around me who I know if I did something wrong or if I slipped up, they would say, you know what, Nathan, you've done this and, you know, that's probably not the best thing you could have done. And I can correct it then. I encourage you, get those people around you who are going to give you good advice, who are going to say the difficult things that need saying at times. And then also, so we blame others because we're insecure. We blame others because we are prideful and we blame others because we misunderstand. You see, I think there's a, a massive misconception with uh, sin and mistakes uh, in this world, um, you know, with, with everything that's kind of political correctness. And, you know, this, this world likes to say, well, go with your feelings. You know, if it feels right, if it feels good, then just do it. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, if it feels right, it feels good, just do it. And I think sometimes we can have this idea in our mind that, Actually, when it comes to certain situations that we lose control over our body, like it's almost like, well, I couldn't help it. 
You know, I, it's, it's just my, my, my emotions took over and I, I had to do that. Or you, you don't understand, look, you know, this is who I am as a person. You know, in that moment when I, when I said that thing in anger, I, I couldn't control it. You know, that's just, that's just me. That's who I am. Or, or in that situation, you know, I had an emo, uh, such an overwhelming feeling that I, I couldn't control it. But this is completely, completely contradictory to what the Bible says. See, the Bible says this. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So we like to think that sometimes, you know what, I couldn't help myself, I couldn't do it. But God is actually saying in these verses, he's saying, you know what, there isn't, you will never approach a situation uh, of temptation that you cannot overcome. So actually, in those situations, we have a choice of whether we're going to do the right thing or do the wrong thing. And in a society and in a world that says, go with your feelings and go with, uh, with your, your body and all the things that you're feeling, God says, you know what? Just make a, a decision. Choose in your heart and your mind. Choose to do what is right because you have a choice that you can make. And uh, when I was looking through all of these kind of different thoughts and, and different points, there was one thing that, that came to my mind that um, I thought was really, really helpful for, for, for this topic. And one of the things that uh, my mum and dad used to teach us and then heard them speak about a lot as I was growing up is in every situation, we have a choice. We, have a, uh, we can choose to become better or to become bitter. In every situation, we can choose to become better yeah. or we can choose to become bitter. You see, uh, a few years ago, um, one of the, the situations I found myself in is uh, uh, I uh, had booked out this internship in, in America. Um, I, I was so, so looking forward to it. Um, I was going with two close friends. We were going for 10, 11 weeks. And what we were going to do is we were going to go near Chicago. Uh, for the whole summer, we were going to be involved in the church and uh, we we're going to be traveling and like meeting loads of cool people and doing loads of cool things. And I was so, so excited for it. We booked the flights. We got everything underway. And, you know, I was only 20 years old at the time. So you can imagine, especially at that age, it was a massive, massive thing for me at that time. And what happened was, is um, uh, a week before um, we were due to, to get on a plane to, to go to America, I played in a football match. Uh, I got a bad tackle and... Uh, I got a really, really bad injury um, on my left ankle and I tore some ligaments in my left ankle. And I knew straight away that this was going to change how the summer was going to go because I'd had the same injury the year before of which I'd been on crutches for about five or six weeks. And in that moment, I was so, so gutted. I just like, God, why has this happened? You know, I, I was upset. I was frustrated. I was angry. I was turning to God, well, God, you knew I was going on this trip. It's only a week away. And now I've got this injury. What? I can't join in in everything. I can't do everything that I'm supposed to do this summer. God, why have you done this to me? And you see, I had a, a choice to make in that situation of how I was going to react. And you see, we live in a broken world. 
You know, sometimes we come across situations that we can't control. You know, sometimes something happens in your family or something happens in your job or something happens with your finances and you're like, God, why has this happened? I don't understand it. The truth of the matter is, is we live in a broken world where unfair things happen to, to, to good people. And there's, in some situations, you can't change it. But the only thing that you can control is your response to that situation. Is your response to maybe something you might have done wrong or something that's come across your path that you're like, I don't know how I found myself in this place. The one thing you can control is your response. You see, at that moment when I had uh, felt really sorry for myself, when I had this injury and I knew I was going across to America, I made this internal decision and said, you know what, God, even though I feel frustrated, I feel upset, I feel angry, God, you know what, I'm just going to trust it to you, knowing that you have your hand over everything. And God, I'm still going to serve you. God, I'm still going to give everything I've got this summer. God, I'm still going to follow you and I'm I'm not going to be bitter, but actually I'm going to choose to learn from this situation. And you see, you know what happened in that situation is, is actually God taught me so many things that I wouldn't have learned without that situation. And you know what, even though I had that injury, I had a fantastic time. I had an amazing time. I, I learned so many things and I loved it. You know, and I want to make that that challenge to you this morning. You know, whatever you're facing or whatever you have faced or whatever you will face, always make that decision in your life that, you know what, I'm going to face it with a positive attitude. I'm going to make that decision that even though something uh, might have come across me, I might have made this mistake or this situation has, has come across that I've not foreseen, that actually I'm going to become a better person and not a bitter person. You know, in the next uh, few moments, I'd love to pray for you. Please could you just bow your heads and, uh, uh, or close your eyes in the next few moments. Just 